what you want to say, you know, quickly, because I don't have a lot of time. You know what I mean? And so, um, and he's good because he, you know, he's totally all about that and got it covered. So he, he kind of released what he wanted to do. And what kind of came up is I was just kind of meditating. It's like, what do you have for your kids? What do you have for your sons and daughters today? Um, and I really felt like this kind of a little bit of a mama bear protective thing rise up. And it was kind of on the heels of what both Shalise and I had been sensing. And we had been battling throughout the week with a spirit of strife. Um, and, you know, I, I, sometimes, you know, I'm sure a lot of you know a lot about that, um, but I really felt like it was just kind of a, um, kind of a protective thing to help keep us in a good place with that. You know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, that is his MO. And he knows exactly where we're, where he's injured us. So we have areas of weakness and he just like hops right on that spot. And how many of you have experienced that sense where you feel like something hops on you and it's like you've got ants in your pants. Like if someone looks at you, you're just about ready to rip their face off. Maybe this is me, but I don't think it's just me. And um, I figure if it's me, it's probably for you too. And so that was kind of going on. Um, and if we don't know it, we come under it. And it sets us up for a lot of mess. Okay. And so I'm here to help you kind of see it from afar off. How many of you know when the enemy comes at you and you catch him like way out there? It's like no big deal. But when the enemy comes at you, broadside you, and you're under it, right? It's like you're under it, right? And it's like, help me get up. Something's wrong. I don't know what it is. I can't even think. I, I may be able to pray, but it, I don't even know what to pray about. Someone lay hands on me, whatever that is. And so I'm trying to trying to, my, my heart for you is that you would see that way off and that you wouldn't fall for it. You know, we're not supposed to be um, deceived and not aware of the enemy's devices. Because when he's out there, it is no big deal. It is like, oh, seriously, you think that's going to work on me? Because I'm seeing you coming. So when you come, I'm ready for you. It's going to be fun. Right? All right. But it's not so fun when you're under it. And he does broadside people. So let's, um, let's kind of get into things again. I've, I've got a lot of, uh, a lot to cover because there's a lot in this, right? It's like a master. I named this, uh, this message defeating the master destiny stealer. And, um, and strife steals destinies. It totally does. It steals a lot more because a thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy, right? John 10, 10. But I love that. I love that Jesus gets the last word on that, right? But Jesus has come that we might have life more abundantly to the full till it overflows. And getting there from here, how many of you have been frustrated because there's been a lot of promises and you're standing on the word, you're believing the promises, all that kind of stuff, but like 10 years later, you're still standing on the word and believing the promises? Okay, that's not abundant life. And, you know, kudos to you if you're like 10 years later still standing on the word like kudos. There are some things that it it does take time to manifest. Um, but I don't think everything has to be like that. And I think this is one of the key ways the enemy comes in to keep you from what is yours, to keep you from your inheritance. So we're going to talk about that. Um, I'm going to uh, talk about James uh, 3, 13 through 18. And it says, Who is a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show a good conversation. That means his actions, how he lives his life, his works, with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The wisdom that descends from above is earthly 
um, that, sorry, the wisdom that descends not from above is earthly, sensual, and devilish. But where envying and strife is, there is, get this, confusion and every evil work. Isn't that comforting? Like every evil work. If it's evil, okay, it's that work. Okay, and then I'm confused about it. So I'm under it, I'm confused, and the enemy has come about to steal, kill, and destroy in every evil work. Okay, that's gross. So, but we don't have to fall for it, right? Um, I'm just trying to figure out if I want to, I'm going to have to skip a little bit because we do have a ton to cover. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about kind of um, what, um, kind of what, what strife is, um, how it comes in. Um, you know, Joyce Meyer wrote this great book, and if you're struggling with this, I would totally recommend you get this book. This is a Joyce Meyer book. It's called Life Without Strife. It is brilliant. And she um, she had a testimony of a man who had was a leader in the church, an elder. So, like, you know, how, how many of you know the leader should know better? Okay. Um, so, yes, Selah. Um, but, um, so, uh, yeah, the leader should know better. And he had gotten into kind of a knockdown drag out with his wife. Right. And so, you know, this is at home, you know, and he was mad and he was kind of stubborn and the Lord said, you know, you need to go apologize to your wife. And he was sitting on that couch and wasn't going to go to the same bedroom with her because whatever. Okay. He's lying. And, and the Lord comes to multiple times and he flat out refuses flat out. Okay. And, um, and so the Lord says, I want you to know what you just released into your house. And, um, and he showed him, yeah, the spirit of strife and gave him a download. And it was this picture. Okay. Yeah. And then that with that, it was the helmet of pride, the breastplate of unrighteousness, the sword of bitterness, the shield of hate, the hammer of judgment, the cloak of deception, boots of anger, and speaking forth lies. Don't you want that critter in your house? Right? Okay. Um, and so, um, and of course he had to repent and all that kind of stuff, but that does not look like something that you want hanging around. Okay. Um, the word strife is uh, erythia from Strong's. And it's it's called, uh, it's basically about partisanshipness, uh, faction. I wish they had easier words. Fractiousness, basically breaking in fractions. How's that? Okay. And the word strife is very angry, violent disagreement between two or more people or groups, bitter, sometimes violent conflict, and dissension. Um, and there's an exertion or contention for superiority. And synonyms, and I said that right because usually I say cinnamons, um, is conflict, discord, discordance, um, disharmony, dissension, dissent, dissidence, dissonance, disunion, and disunity. Okay, and it goes on. There's more friction and fighting, schism, war, and warfare. Okay, um, so, and it's the same word when you see contention in the word. It's also the same root word. And contention is something such as an opinion, belief, or idea that is argued, stated in anger or disagreement. And um, there's a contention and a rivalry with it. So many people live in destruction, 
right? They're, you know, they just go from one drama to the next, right? I mean, you know, they get to have their home, they have this, and this person dies, and then, you know, it's just one thing after the next. And it's due to a spirit of strife, but because they're not seeing it, even if they are believers, um, he can just tear everything apart, tears relationships apart, um, and strife keeps them really disgusting company. So in Romans 1:28 through 30, it talks about um, the company that strife keeps. And it says they've been filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They're gossipers, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful, and they invent ways of doing evil. They disobey parents, kids. So um, in Galatians, where it talks about um, some of the works of the flesh, Okay, the company that it keeps is adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife. There it is, seditions and heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the like, because there's more. Isn't that gross? So this is just nasty critter. Oh, he went away. Good. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Awesome. So the cost of strife, let's, let's dig in a little bit with this of the word. So it devastates relationships, marriages, church and ministries, bodies and organizations. And we've seen this all over the place. I mean, seriously, like how many church splits have you heard about? How many church splits have you gone through? Okay. And it's just gross. There's always tremendous fallouts. So Hebrews 12, 14 says, continue to pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification without no one will ever see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of God's grace, that no root of resentment springs forth and causes trouble and by it many be defiled. Okay. So when these things happen in relationships, in churches, in ministries, in organizations, um, uh, what happens? There's just fallout everywhere. Right, many are defiled. Okay, um, and with it, usually what happens there comes factions. This group goes against this group. This group is talking about that group, and the word says in Proverbs sixteen twenty eight, a perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. See what happens? There's a stirring up a conflict, and so all the enemy has to do is start pressing on that button that that you're just really ticked off about, right? Um, and usually it doesn't have to do that much. And then we're just off and running. And then we kind of gather together and with people because we're upset and we are venting or we are getting ready to pray for that, the, that group that is so off right now. So they need our prayer. And, and we, um, right. And so, and this is why. And then, right. And then we go on and on and, and it just fuels the fire. Um, Proverbs 18.9 says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions, there's that word, are like the bars of a castle. So, like, what you're up against are bars. Isn't that warm and fuzzy? Like, don't you just want to go hug that? Right? So, um, right? So, um, that's a major stealer. That will steal destiny right there. How many of you, there are calls on houses, there are calls on families, there are calls on individuals, there are calls between friends, and the people that, and, and that just goes to smithereenies, right? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about another thing that you may not have thought of. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention, um, this thing of where I go to church. I go to Prayer Mountain. I go to Karis. I go to Joyland. I go to whatever. And we're kind of factioned and split apart. And the bottom line is, we are the body. It's just one church, one church, one God, one spirit, 
one heart should be, right? And so you just go where you're called. So um, you just go wherever the Lord has you because that's where your um, the anointing is. That's where you'll get fed. And that's where you'll be able to serve and release whatever you have. So, you know, you be free. You go wherever you're called to go. That's awesome. You just be free. And it's awesome. But that it can be done amicably and happy. Um, and we can all work together on that because we all have different assignments. Yeah. So another thing that strife steals is health. And this we may not really think of so much. But let's, let's face it, um, when we're in strife, what happens? You're mad. Now, if you're in strife, you're mad, and you stay mad, and then you just get madder. And then the more you think about it, you're really mad. And then you talk about some other people, and now you're really mad. And then you're up all night because you're mad. And then you wake up in the morning, and you thought you were fine, and you thought of the person, and you thought of this, and then you're mad. And then you go in this place where you're in this constant five-alarm fire. Okay, so what happens when we're in this place of um, just alarm? It's a fight or flight. And usually with strife, it's going to be fight. Okay, we're going to duke it out. And if I'm not going to duke it out to your face, I'm going to duke it out about you behind your back, which is really sweet. We don't enjoy that. But um, but uh, so what happens is your whole body is on alarm. And when your body is not able to settle, okay, it starts to break down. And I will say, you know, having been in medicine and that kind of thing, just what we see related to stress in families and just whatever is going through, it breaks down your body. So you have all those um, um, hormones that are released in your body that are great if a bear is chasing after you, okay? But when you live with a bear, okay, this is not going to be good, okay? Um, so that has nowhere to go except to break down your body. And then a lot of times, add on to that, is that many of the times we don't realize it, but we're in strife with ourselves. So which means I'm fighting me, right? I don't like me. I don't approve of me. I hate me. Um, I don't approve of, you know, um, I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm whatever. I'm stupid. I can't do anything right. Blah, 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 because we haven't dealt with the junk in our trunk, okay? And so what happens is we have this constant battle, and where do you think the enemy can come in with autoimmune disease? Autoimmune disease says, I hate myself, I'm going to destroy myself. So that's the arthritis you're coming into, that's the inflammatory diseases you're coming into, that's coronary artery disease, which is the heart disease, and that is a disease and inflammation in your brain and dementia, I mean, you name it, Inflammation is a root cause, and I really believe there's a spirit behind that. You know, any itis is inflammation. And I'm not saying that all inflammation is bad. I'm saying chronic inflammation because I hate me, and I haven't come to terms with me, okay, and my things. Okay, it's just a release. And so if, if you're struggling with this, oh, my gosh, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But let's get free. Let's get free. Okay. No. And as a matter of fact, for any of this, maybe you're sitting there seething, hating my face, or something in your seat. Okay. <laughs> so we just want to get free. Okay. That's what that is. It's, there's no. It's not. You're not allowed to be condemned. Let's get some scriptural backing because that's just always we're in church. It's always a good idea. So Psalms, uh, Proverbs 14:30. A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. But bitter envy, envy, jealousy, and wrath are rottenness to the bones. How many like the idea of your bones rotting? That just is not, like, that's not nice. Uh, What about Proverbs 14, 20 through 22? My son, and we are all sons in the Lord. 
Attend to my words. Listen up. Consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Don't be blindsided. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them. Life more abundantly to the full till it overflows. Ding, da, ding, ding. And healing and health to all their flesh. We need healing and health to all our flesh, yes? Okay, so let's talk about another way that strife comes in and messes with us. And I'm not trying to depress you. I'm trying to make you wise. Okay, so just be, you know, just be mindful, right? We're not, we're not unaware of the enemy's devices, right? Finances. Bet you didn't think of that one before. At least I didn't so much. So, and you see this quite a bit. And when you go in Genesis, in Genesis, and I'm not, not going to read it because it's a long passage, but um, in Genesis 13, Abraham and Lot are um, are uh, together, and they have their flocks. And their herdsmen are quarreling. Why? Because there's not enough land for all of their stuff to to do their stuff. Boy, that sounds really good. Anyway, um, that's that's the brilliance heading forth right there. Um, but and so they're quarreling. Okay, and whenever there's lack, and you're contending because there's lack, there's a problem, right? And so Abraham, who or Abram, his Abram at that time, um, basically said, "Okay, no problem. Listen, here we're going to split it up. You go to the left, I go to the right. You pick which one do you want." And so Lot chooses the well-watered, you know, verdant, luscious land. He chooses that, and Abraham gets everything else. Okay, Lot goes off. Okay, now we know what happened to Lot. Selfishness is inherent in strife. Okay, what's in it for me is a big issue. We know it did not go well. That was where Sodom and Gomorrah was. Big issues. That's another thing to preach altogether. But Abram goes the other direction. And it was that time when the Lord says to him, great, fabulous, look up, Abram, everything you see is yours. See, because he was unwilling to be the strife and so unwilling to do so. Listen, I will sacrifice. No problem. Not worth it to me. You take the best. You take the best and brightest. I'll take whatever's left over because he was able to trust the Lord as his source. And so there was the land. As far as he could see, he received an inheritance. You see, when you are able to trust the Lord for your source and be unwilling, listen, strife requires a sparring partner. And if you refuse to enter in and refuse to spar, it kind of, and there's a, um, there's a scripture and I have it here, but I don't remember exactly where it is. I can find it if you want it, but it talks about where there is no wood the strife will die out. It needs wood, right? You need to fuel it. Well, listen, if you're like not giving fuel, it just dies out, right? So when someone is gossiping around you, which is a thing of strife, if someone's slandering, all that kind of thing, and you're like, you know what? This is kind of heading into gossip, and I know we're just so much better than this, so let's just go the other way. Let's pray, and let's really pray. Let's not just pray because we're mad and we're, you know, let's just pray and bless, and turn around. If you come in the opposite spirit, that sucker will die out. Like, I refuse. And a lot of times it helps. Let me let me just give you something that will help you. When you're sensing strife and you see it, I literally speak it out loud. I don't care who's listening. I'm like, okay, strife, I see you, and I am not going to partner with you. As a matter of fact, that person that I was really being tempted to rip their face off, um, <laughs> um, I'm going to bless, and I'm going to bless outrageously. I'm going to take this opportunity. As a matter of fact, 
I'm going to give them a call. I'm going to give them a prophetic word. And I might just send some flowers, you know, whatever it is. And I've done that in the past when people have gotten strife with me. I sent flowers and stuff, and it, it totally disarms the whole thing. Um, so you call it out. Um, and you, you just, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not participating. Um, you know, James 4.1.2 says, what leads to the unending quarrels and conflicts among you? Do you not, do they not come from your hedonistic desires that wage war on your bodily members fighting for control over you? You are jealous and covet what you, what others have and, and your lust goes unfulfilled. So you murder. Well, that's, I hope we don't get there from here. Um, you are envious and cannot obtain the object of your envy. So you fight in battle. You do not have because you do not ask. God. Now, what this means in this place is that we're not trusting God. And sometimes we've asked, but we're not trusting God. And we're not releasing faith in God as our resource. So if we get the, the lesser portion or whatever, that man, that's going to be the greater portion. Because I've released my faith with that portion. I'm not going by my eyes. I'm going by my spiritual eyes. And I'm seeing that my pop-up man, if I refuse to get that, I will take the lesser. I'll take the under. I'll take the inglorious, if that's a word. I'll take whatever that is because I'm going to have peace. I'm going to have peace. And I'm going to love my brother. And I'm going to love my sister. And I know the blessing will be on it. And I mean, need to have to worry about it. So we, we just choose. We, you can, you get in rebellion against the enemy. You get in rebellion, flat out, in his face, rebellion. Um, Psalm 133, this is really cool. I never saw this before. Now, this is not going to be a surprise, the first part, but the last part might be. Um, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. You know, it was so wonderful during worship. It was such a harmonious time of union. You know, the Spirit's released with that, right? The Spirit's released when there's unity, the Spirit of God. Okay, when there's disunity, the spirit of strife is released. But it's a beautiful place. But following that verse, it says, it is like a precious oil poured over the head, running down over the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It says the dew of Hermon. Okay, I'm sorry, this wasn't making sense. We're, um, we're falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. See, God can release blessing. You know, we are blessed and highly favored. We are intrinsically that. But the release of that and the experience of that, the I'm not standing 10 years in faith for that to be manifested, but it is just here. I walk in it. I breathe in it. Is in that place when we're in unity with God, unity with ourselves, and unity with one another. And so we get the stuff. And everyone's like, why are you guys so, why does it, why does, like, if something good happens, it happens to you. It's like, well, be, number one, I just believe God is just that good. And I'm staying in that blessable place, that unoffendable place. And when I get offended, man, I'm quick to, whew, get that sucker taken care of. When I feel that strife coming on, all of a sudden it broadsided me. I'm just like, oh, man, get out from under that, that thing. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to make it right. Even if that means honestly, I have to take the I have to take the blame that's not mine to take. I will I will do that. And you should be do that too because I'm not not going to get anything to stand in the way of what God's trying to do through me. You know. And it's it's fun, so funny this uh, this week I had so many opportunities to get in strife. It was really funny. I I could count on that when I plan the lesson. It's really funny. Okay, let's talk about another thing that's stolen, victory and inheritance. Okay, so strife will steal steal your victory and inheritance. And we just talked about the harmony and unity of Aaron. Um, And, um, you know, when Moses 
um, and was, uh, when Joshua was fighting the Amalekites, um, Aaron, um, I mean, sorry, Moses was there and he was, his job was to hold up his arms, remember? And as long as he held up his arms, they would win, right? But what happened was, um, when he got tired, right, they would, and his arms went down, they would lose. And so what happened? Aaron and her came along his side to hold up his hands and sat him down on her and he held up his hands. What is that? That's a picture of unity. That's a picture of coming down low to undergird rather than saying, you know what, Moses, you're not the only one who hears God. You know what I mean? No, coming down low to hold up those arms because that anointing was there. Victory came as, as Aaron and her came in, in to undergird their leader. Okay, so that everybody could win. It was not the leader to win. It was everybody to win. When we do that for one another, when we hold one another's arms up, when we hold our leader's arms up, we all win. We all win. Okay, when we are, well, listen, it's not my ministry. You know, listen, I'm anointed too. So someone should be holding my arms up. Well, I'll say that if you've got that attitude, um, good luck with that. That's It's going to take a while until that comes out. Because one of the things that we talked about that came with that spirit of strife is pride. Right? My ministry, I'm just as anointed. Well, you may be, but you've got a crappy attitude. And God can't really use that until that attitude is going to go. Just saying. Um, so that's a really good picture. Um, let me see. My next one. I'm trying to figure out what, there are so many good references I'm trying to pick and choose because they're just, oh, that's good. Ooh, that's good. Um, when Esau lost his inheritance by strife, this is really amazing. Um, in Hebrews 12, 14 through 25, it, it talks about continually pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification, the sanctification without which no one will ever see the Lord. See to it. So this is where we're to help one another, okay, that no one falls short of God's grace, that no root of uh, resentment springs up and causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. And see to it that no one is immoral and godless like Esau. So look at the context of this. Who, Who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that later on when he wanted to regain title to his inheritance of that blessing, he was rejected, for he found no opportunity for repentance. There was no way to repair what had been done, no chance to recall the choice he had made, even though he sought it with bitter tears. Now keep in mind the context of this, you know, Esau and Jacob, this is, this is pre, this is, um, this is really, this is not new covenant. This is not what we're under. So repentance really works. Um, so the bottom line is, is, um, Esau, because he was in strife with his brother, okay, and that whole thing, he forfeited his inheritance because of the strife he was under, okay? So it, that's, a, that's just something really be careful of. Anointing and spiritual power. Isn't that crazy? The, lift go, the list goes on. Okay. Um, strife means that two, um, two factions are warring. And often, as I said, we're warring with ourselves. And, you know, a man divided against himself shall not stand, right? Um, when it talks about, in James, when it talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, he should expect nothing of the Lord. And I remember when I first read that, I thought, well, gee, that's kind of nasty, Lord. I mean, it's like, you know, well, listen, if you're double-minded, you can't expect nothing from me. That was kind of how I took it. But that's not what it's saying. It's saying if you're double-minded, you're not in faith, and I can't release the blessing that I want to release to you, okay? All right. So being double minded, being of two minds and two hearts and more than one of anything of those 
um, keeps us from the agreement that we need. You know, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Where two or three agree, it shall be done for them. Well, if we're not in agreement, we are forfeiting power. We are forfeiting anointing. And sometimes it's just me, myself, and I that I'm forfeiting the power and forfeiting the anointing. The other thing is when we're in strife, we are in pride. We just are. That's what it is. Because basically what strife says, I'm right, you're wrong. Instead of, I might be right, but I may not be. Okay? Or, I might be right, but it really doesn't matter because what's so much more important than me being right is relationship, is guarding your heart. Your heart, you are so much more important to me than being right, so I'll be wrong all day long because I love you and I care about you. And I'm not willing to separate or distance myself because I have to be right. I totally don't have to be right. And a lot of times I think I'm right and I'm really not, you know, to add on to that, right? So uh, James 1.3 says, we talked about the, the factions and the warring. When you ask, you, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. But he gives us more grace. That's why the scripture says, God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's pretty strong language. But the truth is when we are not when we are not when we are submitted to strife we are submitted to the enemy we are not submitted to god so when we're trying to resist the devil and we're in strife we can't resist what we're submitted to you've just lost your power so right you've just lost your power the devil's like well you can try to cast me out all day long but you just submitted to me so nanny nanny boo boo you know it's not going to happen right so uh, we just need to be careful um we also lose our per- uh, personal and corporate destinies, okay? And there's numerous ministries that have been derailed in their destiny because of strife. You know, I told you a while back when I first came to um, uh, to Colorado and hooked up with Shalise, and we went up on the mountain, and um, and just in the spirit we saw, it was like massive mounds of batons that had been dropped and been forfeited. And we're like, what the heck? And the Lord said, these are all the assignments that were dropped, because my people just um, missed out on their destiny, missed out on their assignments. They got in strife. They got, they split and all that. And I'm like, dang, that's freaky. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. And you know, your assignment may actually not have originally been your assignment. It may have been the assignment of three or four before you. And some of those people may have gotten in strife. And that's how you um, you got your assignment. And the thing is, you know what? So let's be humble. This can happen to any of us. Let's be clear. Okay, um, there have been times that I have been so near to be taken out because the pressure has been so bad. The pain has been so bad. And I honestly, and I begged God to quit, and he wouldn't let me. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, I will do it for you. And that's the end of that. And then he had to help me work out of my strife. Okay, so um, we got to be careful. So let's talk about open doors to strife. What is the open door? It's a spirit right? We are filled with Holy Ghost. So which means strife can't just like, you know, attach itself to you without some sort of open door. So the first one and the biggest one is the door of people's lips. Judgment, criticism, gossip, complaining, tailbearing, they allow strife to enter, all right? So James 1.6 says, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Isn't that sweet? That's so precious right there, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's so pleasant. Uh, Proverbs 26.20, here it is. When, where no wood is, the fire goes out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceases. So if you refuse, if you're in a group of people, and they're honestly, that you've gotten into gossip, talebearing, and we're just praying for so-and-so, whatever, um, you just say, listen, I think we've gotten into strife here. I, mean, I think we've gotten into gossip here. This is really dangerous ground, and I love you too much not to say something. So you know what? We're going to back up, and we're going to just ask forgiveness of the Lord, and we're going to pray for this person that we're finding fault with. Okay? We're going to do that. Um, Proverbs 18.6, a fool's lips bring contention and strife, and his ma- mouth invites a beating. Let's not do that. Let's not, let's not invite a beating. And guess who does the beating, by the way? It's the enemy who does the beating, right? He has a heyday, right? I'll just do one more. Um, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a goss- gossip separates close friends. And ha- we have all experienced that. How many of you have lost friends because of gossip? How many of you have done that? Okay, that's heartbreaking. Okay, that is heartbreaking. Um, okay, let's talk about the second. Uh, the second one is the door of pride. Um, this one's really big. Pride basically says, I know, and you don't, right? It's judgment, criticism, gossip, tail-bearing. It's all birthed out of pride. Uh, that need to be right. We talked about it. Proverbs 13.10, through pride, blah, through pride, through pride. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the conjunction of pride and strife. I just coined a new word. That's awesome. Pride. Through pride and presumption, <laughs> come nothing but strife. But skillful and godly wisdom is with those who welcome well-advised counsel. Okay. So, but understand that it's not, it's only, okay, it's only through pride and presumption that strife comes. If we refuse to go there, it just can't land. It may try to, like, you know, find a soft spot, but it can't land. It requires someone to be prideful. It requires someone who needs to be right. Um, uh, Proverbs 16, 18. I don't know if I can say pride anymore. Um, pride, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Okay. Uh, Luke 14, 11. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And, you know, a lot of times because that spirit of strife is like, well, I'm as anointed as you are in this and that, so that very thing that that person is wanting is kept from them because they're not trustworthy. So, and the sad thing is that they're not able to minister, but the people aren't able to receive from them because they're not safe to be released. Okay. And that's just a really sad, sad thing. Um, the last door I'm going to talk about is the door of debate. And this is the having to be right. And this is closely connected with what we uh, talked before. And, you know, Paul said, I resolved to know nothing to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing among you except Jesus Christ the Messiah and him crucified. His eyes are so on Jesus, like Jesus was his brilliance, okay? And so if Jesus is your brilliance, okay, then you don't have to know it all. You don't have to really know much of anything. You just need to know Jesus, and he gives you the download. Right. And, you know, Shalice has pointed out this before because there's a passage that talks about these things are too wondrous for me. If you're like a little child and you're just trusting in Jesus to show you, you don't have to know it all. He's like, you know what? This is too big for me. I don't know what the answer is. But Jesus, you do. And you're going to you're going to let me know on a need to know basis. 
And then I'm not going to assume like I know what's going on with you. You know, the Bible is chock full and we could go a whole session on this with not judging one another. Because the truth is, we cannot be the judge of your heart, of what it means. We can judge fruit. We are called to judge fruit. But judging people, okay, we are not. As a matter of fact, that's very, very dangerous ground. Because we're not God. We're literally setting ourselves up with God because only God knows everything. Like, you know, yesterday I was talking about a murderer, and he had murdered this little boy and things like that, and it was torn and tortured him and just horrible. And um, the author of the book we were covering was just incensed at this. And he got a download from the Lord about um, this little boy who had been locked in a closet and was just tormented with all these demons, and it was just horrible. And he assumed this was the little one that had been murdered. And the Lord said, no, this is the one that did the murdering. And um, and so you standing in judgment, you don't know everything there is to know. And it broke his heart for this murderer. It broke his heart. And he was able to pray for him and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line, are that judgment blocks love. I can't love you if I'm judging you. And if I can't love you, then my faith, which works by love, is not effective. And that's blocking my anointing. Okay, so we got to just got to be careful. Just got to be careful. We got to repent quickly because this stuff comes on us. It's sneaky. How many know pride is sneaky? How many of you know strife is sneaky? It's very the devil's sneaky. He's just gross and sneaky, but that's okay. So let's talk about. Thank you, Jesus. We're at this part. How do we avoid it? We kind of diagnose that it's yucky, so let's not do it. But how do we avoid it? Well, number one, we have to be aware. We have to recognize strife and be humble enough to admit when it's operating through us. And let's be clear. It is operated through every single one of us. Let's be clear. It's operated through me, and I know it's operated through you. It's operated through all of us. And so we just have to be aware when that sucker is there, okay? And best to see it long way off, right? And we have to refuse to participate. We can't be passive. And we can't start pointing fingers because if someone is in strife with you, really that's their business. But if that invites you to get in strife with them, and you're not coming at it with the opposing spirit and just loving them and blessing them and let them do whatever. Listen, if you're going to, Jesus never got into strife. I mean, he was accused of being demon-possessed. I've been accused of being demon-possessed. I'm like, yes, I'm in good company now. Thank you, Jesus. But, I mean, seriously, that hurts. That, it hurts. Okay. But Jesus never got into contention. He never justified himself. He just let them go on their own little merry way. Bless you and your ministry, whatever that is, but you just bless them, right? And he would love them when he had the opportunity to. He would love them. as I mean, He would love them in general, but sometimes you're not really allowed. But you just, just refuse to participate. It takes two to tango, right? So 2 Timothy 2.23, but refuse, shut your mind against, have nothing to do with trifling, ill-informed, unedifying, stupid, controversies, verses, um, uh, verses, this is really interesting, okay, controversies, oh, I think this is a typo, okay, that makes sense, over ignorant questionings, for, for that you know they foster strife and breed quarrels, so like if you're getting into arguments, you know, Joyce would use the thing, it's so funny, of her, she and her husband would get into strife over 
Um, he always thought that it was Henry Fonda that was um, the actor in the movie. You've heard this um, in the movie. And they would stay up till like 2 o'clock in the morning or something for the credits for all movies. Like it was like he was Mr. Oh, that's Henry Fonda. No, it's not Henry Fonda. That is not Henry Fonda. And, um, and they would stay up to like 11, 12, 1, whatever, so, just so they could get to the credits. And one person could be right over the other. And then they'd be exhausted the next day. I'm telling you. This is just, you know, this is just, but those are stupid things. But imagine it created their, her household. The reason why she wrote this book is she needed to get a revelation because she lived in strife. Um, and that, and, and it took a long time for her ministry to, to take off. And that was one of the reasons why it did. He, he's not going to let you, you're court, you're submitting to the devil. Well, you know, you're not going to be able to resist him. He won't flee. He'll just be there and eating your lunch. Okay. So we have to be very careful that we're just refusing to do that. The other thing, um, just things that are helpful, power and unity and harmony. This, there's power in coming together. When we were in worship, it was about Jesus. We all gathered around Jesus. Do we agree about everything? Do we, are there doctrines that we, each other carry that we disagree? Yes, we disagree on doctrines. We, di- we don't disagree on the major. We agree on Jesus. So when you rally around Jesus, it's amazing how everything else pans out. And so we can come and we can worship Jesus. And our Catholic brothers and sisters can come and worship Jesus. And our Baptist brothers and sisters can come and worship Jesus. And we can rally around Jesus. We can rally around love and let the big things be big. And not get all our panties in a wad about the things that don't matter. Okay? Because that breaks our harmony. And the power is not flowing. Okay, and we're forfeiting what what we have, what we can have together. Um, I'm trying to think of a good. I got like lots of scriptures, so I'm looking. I'm looking. Which one do I want to do? Uh, Philippians two three. Do nothing out of factional motives, through contentiousness, strife, selfishness, or for unworthy ends, or prompted by conceit and empty arrogance. Instead, in a true spirit of unity. And of humility, lowliness of mind, let each regard others as better than and superior to himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do of yourselves. So this is not, I'm a worm and you're fabulous. No, I'm fabulous and you're fabulous. But you know what? I'm going to submit to what you're carrying because you've got something amazing. And I want to glean off of you. I want to be teachable. There's not a person in here that we can't glean something off of. And when we're not coming together in that coming under you spirit, um, we're missing out big time. When we have to be the superstar, when we have to know it all, when we have to be right, okay, that's just like stupid. I don't know what that is, but it's just stupid. And it cuts us off from that power of unity, okay? As you know, in, in, a, in, a, in an orchestra... Okay, there's a time when the violins come in, and then they go down. And then there's a time when the, you know, flutes come in, and then they go down. And then there's a time where everybody comes in, you know, and everybody, you take your turns. And that's what we do when we yield to one another. That's how the spirit flows. We do the worship, and then Marcia comes up and gives a word. And then, you know, we just flow in and out. Then I come in and do whatever I do, and then we whatever. And we're flowing. And then Lisa's dancing, and then the R comes. It's like bringing up things in the body because we're, 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 we're operating as one. And guess what happens? In that environment, people get saved, healed, and delivered. Okay, right? We have spontaneous healings, belief for more of it, but it happens. It happens. Things get stripped off of people. Why? Because there's a spirit of unity. 
Okay, and let me tell you, when that strife comes in, someone can walk in carrying sm- strife, and seriously, I can smell it. I'm, there it is. Oh, man. You know, and, and it smells like caca. It's just not happy. It's just not happy. You can smell it a ways off, right? It's back in the room. Someone's seething, and you can feel it. And what does it do? Is it erupts the anointing. And that's what it's there for. That's what it's there for, to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes? Okay, so Galatians, um, hold on. Gotta stay true to my notes. God forbid I get off my notes. Okay, uh, the other, the other thing is walking in love. That's a huge one. Huge. Like love is the deal. Jesus is love, right? So hatred stirreth up strife, but love covers all sins. Love covers. So like if you're mad at me, but I, I, I come at you with love, it's pretty disarming. Like here, I, I, I want to punch you out, but Oh, you know what? You're you're amazing. I don't know why you're upset with me, but I think you're fabulous. They're like, dang, I really wanted to knock your block off, but can't do it now. Dang. It's a soft answer turns away wrath. It disarms them because literally it cuts the enemy off. Okay? Above all, love one another deeply. Let's love one another deeply. Let's get healed up. Let's get healed up so we're not in strife with ourselves. Let's get out of judgment so we're not blocking love. And let's, let's love one another deeply. And let's be afraid, and let's not be afraid, excuse me, to risk and open ourselves up. Because seriously, we have one shot at life. And we can get through it, and we can get through it, or we can get through it and, and love one another and have it be heaven on earth. Let's do the latter. Let's, let's, let's do that. Okay. First uh, Peter 4, 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Now let me say this, because some of us tend to be truth people. Like, we're justice people, we're truth people. Okay, we're not asking you to like, you know, sweep it under the carpet. That's not what that is. When you say love covers a multitude of sins, what that says, say like someone's in rank sin, and they're just off, and it's, it's like bad. Okay, now, pretending that it's not bad is not right. That's just dishonest. Okay, that's not authentic. Sweeping it under the rug is not authentic. But what love does is it says, listen, I'm not going to expose you. I'm going to give you, number one, the benefit of the doubt, okay? And I'm going to create a place. I'm going to confront you, but I'm going to do so privately. And I'm going to give you a place where you are able to um, deal with your stuff, Okay, it's going to be a safe place, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to believe with you, and I'm not going to expose you. I'm going to cover you and let you and the Lord and whatever help you need to come alongside you to get this cleaned up, okay, and not expose you, not humiliate you, okay. That Who, who doesn't need to be covered in their process with that? Do, seriously, do we want to announce every little thing that we're – no, we want to cover one another and create that place. You know, and there are times like if people are refusing to repent, all that kind of stuff, but that's pretty rare. That's pretty rare, okay? And a lot of times, let me say this, if you have a community where love reigns, um, harmony and unity reign, you know what? The person carrying strife is probably, and they're refusing, like, I'm mad and I'm, I'm here to, I mean, they're people, let me be clear, that that is an assignment of the enemy. Witches will come in to create strife specifically to destroy bodies. Those are demonic assignments. I'm just being, just like, don't be, like, unwise, okay? That will happen. But if we're refusing to give them an inroad, they will go somewhere else. Why? Because it's too dang frustrating. It's just not working, right? 
Okay? So <clears throat> let's help one another. Let's cover one another. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Galatians 5, 6, if we are in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. That's what we do. Okay? But only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. That's the only thing that counts. Okay? And it won't work if it's not energized, activated, and working through love. And then you have the whole 1 Corinthians 13, right? We're, we're not jealous. We're not haughty. We're not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. We're not insisting on its own rights. It doesn't have to be my way. You listen, fold the laundry any way you want, right? It doesn't have to be my way. It's not self-seeking. And I love this part. It's not touchy, fretful, or resentful, right? It keeps no records of wrongs. How many of you can talk to strifeful people? And they, okay, 1972, right? And they got it down. Okay, <clears throat> always bring it up. Yeah, but you know, remember that time, right? So, and <clears throat> you know, that, they're just hard to be around, right? But the good things that love does, it bears up under anything, and everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Let's give the, let's give each other the benefit of the doubt. And a lot of times what happens is we mess up or something is said that doesn't look good. And well, well, you know, and you start to let it whirl in your own mind. Well, you know, they don't like me or they're whatever or they're off or they're what. No, believe the best. Take those stinking thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And said, so, listen, I don't know why they did that. And that does not look like them. You know, I had someone the other day. I so appreciate this. This was someone in our leadership team and someone came to her and they were very upset about something that I'd said, a policy that I'd set, I'd set up. Um, and they only saw part of it. And so this other person, all she, all she said is, well, you know, I, I know that's sounding bad, but you know, I know Catherine's heart and I just know that what you're thinking is not her. So, you know, just believe the best of her and go talk to her. Is that the way to handle it? Yeah. Now you need to have a place. Let me say this where there are concerns you have and are like, I'm really worried about this direction in leadership. I'm really worried about this policy. This is really upsetting me. You need a place to go with that. Might I recommend um, that you not form your little cluster in the back and have a personal powwow and start creating all these questions in other people's minds so all of a sudden half the body is concerned about something or other, okay? You just created strife. So the best thing to do is go to the person. Listen, we're, we're available. It is safe to say, listen, I'm, I'm having a problem with what you said. Like, oh, cool, let's talk about it, right? Um, let be free to do that. We want you to come to us, but go up rather than go down. Go up. And then, you know, really the first thing to do is go up to the, talk to the Lord about it first. And especially if you're really upset, because sometimes what happens is we can come in and let me tell you what, what's really hard is if you're a leader and I'm just giving just some insights and practical things to help you. And you know, a lot of you are going to become leaders. So take this for you as well. Um, but when people come to you, they haven't processed with the Lord. Maybe they're not very mature. And they come to you, and they have a concern. But it doesn't come out as like, honestly, I'm just concerned with this, and I don't know what to make of it, and I just have to run this by you because it's really bugging me. It comes in as an accusation. So basically it's like, well, you know, I really felt that that was off. And you know I do operate in the gift of discernment. And I discerned da 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 And so behind that is just loaded with accusations. And so it's very hard to sit down and rationally receive that because it's coming from the wrong spirit. It's coming from a spirit of accusation. And what is accusation? Accusation does not, d- divides. God never accuses. God never accuses. God will not accuse you. 
the enemy accuses you. So if you're accusing and there's that spirit, you need to get that mess cleaned up. Okay. And that may be something that we probably would call you. It's like, you know what? This is really not feeling very honoring. I'm totally happy to talk to you about such and so, but it feels very accusational. So I'm just wondering what's going on there. Do you have, did you get a chance to pray with the Lord about that? And that kind of thing is probably how we handle that. But I'm saying that happens a lot. It will happen to you. And I'm just trying to help you with that. Okay, the last one I'm going to mention, and we are, where are we at with time? Are you guys like, my stomach's growling. Can we land the plane? Ooh, stomachs are growling. We need to land the plane. Okay, um, so the last one, you'll be glad to hear, um, is to avoid walking in strife. We need to walk in peace and hold our peace. You know, when you're in that place of peace, okay, and you are refusing to let things steal your peace. And when you slide out of that, you get right back in. It is your dwelling place. It is your birthright, okay? It's really hard for strife to really kind of find a landing place. It's really hard. And it's interesting because the Bible says that we're to hold our peace. So Hebrews 12, 14, strive to live in peace with everybody and pursue that consecration and holiness without which no one will ever see the Lord. Exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another, to see that no one falls back and falls secure from God's grace. We need to strive. The only striving we need to strive to be in peace. That means we need to yield to peace. We need to lean back and rest in peace. We need to deal with our own mess. We really need to deal with our own mess so we can have that atmosphere of peace. You know, when you have that atmosphere of peace, you hear really clearly, right? How many of you know when you're not in peace, like, and you've got to make a big decision, Oh my God, it's hell trying to hear from the Lord, right? It's hell. It's like, oh my God, I just can't hear. Um, and so being in that place of peace and, 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 and really guarding that, we're to guard our peace. We're to hold our peace. When we're offended, okay, we need to release that offense and like really release it. Okay. Um, the other thing is when we're not in peace and the cares of the world and the anxieties of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and all those things which are diagnostic of a lack of peace, that seed, when it is planted in our hearts, can't germinate. And we wonder why we're not reaping 30, 60, 100 fold, right? We're wondering why our faith is not working. So we need that peace for our faith to be effective and for the word to germinate. We need that love for our faith to be effective and work through us. James 3.18 says, The harvest of righteousness of a conformity to God's will and in thought and deed is the fruit of the seed sown in peace by those who work for and make peace in themselves and others. That peace that means concord, agreement, and harmony between individuals with undisturbedness, a peaceful mind, free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts, okay? So, Father, I just thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you for loving us so much that, you know, you just kind of give us an alert to where the enemy wants to come in and steal our lunch. (laughs) And, Father, I just thank you that you are um, just well able um, to keep us in those places of peace. You're well able to keep us in those places of love. You're well able to keep us in those places where we're refusing to get into into disagreement and disharmony. We're able to keep in that place of humility, Father. 
And I just pray, Father, that just for your wisdom, as people are walking through and are tempted to get in strife, Father, just to know how to handle that and handle that well, handle that in a mature way, handle that in a life-giving way, Father. And I just thank you for the, the just the joy of this body, the joy it is to be part of this body, the honor and privilege it is to be part of this body, Father. And I just thank you for just unity and harmony, Father. I thank you if there's issues that have come up with people, Papa, you're going to show them exactly what they need to do to take care of those and maintain in those places of power and fulfill everything that you've called them to be and everything that you've called them to do. And we thank you and we praise you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome.